Good morning and happy Tuesday to you. It's January 30th. We're down to the final days of our first month of the year. My, how the time is flying. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright, and it's great to start the morning with you. And the best way we can start the morning together is in prayer. So if you haven't prayed your morning offering yet today, we're going to pray it right now. Let's do so in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it is so good to be with you this morning. We have a lot on the show today. We're going to be talking about uh, healing today on the show with Brian Corrigan and his friend Pete. And then we're also going to check in with our friend Nikki Beese, who is the executive director of Biking for Babies. And, uh, you know, you, you might know them and be saying, Adam, why are you talking with them already? The, the ride's not until the summer. And you're correct. The ride is not until the summer. But the appeal for missionaries to make the annual ride for Biking for Babies is now. And Nikki is going to share some insights on how we can take their approach to training and formation with Biking for Babies and apply it to our own spiritual lives. Because, you know, as much as I'm hoping some of you are going to be riders maybe for Biking for Babies this year, uh, not all of us are. And there's still some lessons we can learn from them. So that's all ahead on the show today. But before we get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Today is the feast day of St. Martina, martyr. Born in Rome near the beginning of the third century, Martina lost both of her parents when she was still a child. Her father had been a chief Roman magistrate, and though orphaned, Martina grew up with all of the comforts of Roman society. However, she converted to Christianity, and this was a dangerous thing to do because it was during the persecution of the Roman emperor Alexander Severus. Martina was not shy about openly testifying about her faith in Jesus, and as a result, she was arrested. When Martina refused to deny her faith, she was scourged and then thrown into the amphitheater to be attacked by wild beasts, but they did not touch her. Then they tried burning Martina alive, but the flames did not harm her. Finally, Martina was beheaded. Her faith had been so strong, some of her tortures were converted along the way, and they too were beheaded. She died in the year 228. St. Martina, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O blessed Trinity, abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. Healing is one of those topics that I think we all have an encounter with at some point or another, whether it's a physical healing, an emotional healing, a spiritual healing. I know for the past several years, it's something that a handful of friends of mine and I in the church, we've been talking about the importance of all health goes together 
the emotional health, the physical health, and the spiritual health. It's all tied together. And so I was really happy to be introduced to Brian Corrigan and Pete Origliasso, um, who talk about their experience with a healing ministry. And to hear the stories of others out there and what they're doing is always a great opportunity. And we're happy to have Brian and Pete with us on the show today. Gentlemen, good morning to you. Welcome to Roadmap to Heaven. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. Glad to be here. Now, Brian, you you and I were most recently talking again after uh, one of our many get-togethers here at the studio, and you were telling me about the healing ministry, and we've been you know trying to find a time that all of our schedules aligned to have you on the show, and I'm so glad we could make this happen. It was about 2008 that you got involved in a healing ministry that had already been going for a few years. Um, I, I want to say started out at St. James Parish in Catawissa by Father Mark Bazada. But tell us about that healing ministry you encountered, and how, how did you end up there? What was your first impression, and how has this turned into something that now, you know, not quite 20 years later, but coming up on 20 years before we know it, you'll have been involved? Well, Adam, great question. Um, in 2008, I suffered from a horrible back pain. I have a lovely sister-in-law named Mary Corrigan, and she was very familiar with uh, Father Mark, and she had begged me to go out and uh, get prayed over uh, by him and thought that, you know, he could help me uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or physically. And being the, you know, great Catholic and stiff-necked and hard-hearted guy I was, I'm like, yeah, right. Well, at some point in time, I could barely walk. So I, I reached out and I was able to make connections with uh, Father Mark. And for the first time in my life, I had someone pray over me. And it was a significant experience. I could feel the flow of the Holy Spirit. And at that time, uh, Father Mark saw some things that he had shared with me. And then at that point in time, did a lot of reflection and discernment. And then I started going out to what's called the Second Tuesday service, which was open prayer, where his prayer team would pray with or pray over people. And um, just you could just feel the peace and the love of the Holy Spirit because you're gathered with a lot of Catholics who, who truly believe that healing could happen. And uh, that was kind of the catalyst of, of my a reconversion back to our faith. And ever since then, I've been trying to spread the, the message of healing, uh, you know, by the Holy Spirit. You know, each individual person who has the ability to pray with or over people is are basically just a, a vessel that the Holy Spirit uses for healing. And then I was blessed to invite my friend Pete to a service. I think it was in 2010. And we've been we've been doing the healing service together ever since. So, Pete, I want to kind of throw the same question your way. Uh, Brian just kind of told us how he invited you to come. And what what did you think when he reached out to you and said, hey, I, I want to invite you to this this healing service? Or, you know, I'm not even sure what he said, but what was your impression? Well, at the time, I was just getting over a really rough period. So I was kind of open to anything. You know, I, I was on the rebound. So it kind of seemed like the next step. You know, the first time he asked me, I think I told him, no, I've got, I'm too busy. And then he came in a few days later and pressed me again. And I said, yeah, I've got nothing going on. Let's do it. And I'm so glad I did because, you know, the moment I walked in there, you could just feel, like Brian said, the peace totally coming from the Holy Spirit. You know, there was really nice music being played as everything was going on. Uh, it started out, it, it was the first time I'd gone to confession in a, probably a year and a half. Uh, so that was a big impact. And just watching, you know, the people come up and being prayed over, you know, it, it was just amazing the, the looks on their faces, you know, when they went there, 
and then get prayed over and then the just the relief you know so it, it's not so much that their bodies were necessarily being healed that it was their souls that were being healed is what i took away from it and that's that's the crux of the healing you know there's not going to be a miracle physically every week uh, but inside and in where your soul is that's where the miracle is happening you know you're changing the way you view god yeah, and that, that's such an important component of this because we talk about, uh, I remember being back in parish ministry, we would talk about anointing of the sick, and people say, oh, so do you Catholics go and you get anointed and then, you know, miracles happen and you get healed? And I said, well, sometimes, yeah, that does actually happen, and there are documented cases of that. But a lot of the time what we're asking for is, Lord, if it's your will to grant physical healing, that would be uh, a blessing, and, and praise God for that, praise you for that. But really, it's about that spiritual healing and that spiritual preparation um, that whatever God's calling us to, whether it's to suffer some trial, to suffer an illness, um, help us help us offer that to do your will. I want to go back to something you just said there, Pete, though, that you know you, you come to this for the first time, and one of the first things that happens is you receive a, a wonderful sacrament, the Sacrament of Reconciliation. You start in the confessional, and that's um, not by coincidence. It wasn't just, oh, uh, by the way, we have confession tonight if you want to make use of the sacrament before we begin the healing service. Brian, tell us why that's so integral and so important to the ministry that you all do. Well, the biggest barrier for us to be healed is our inability to forgive other people. And when we are entering into the sacrament of reconciliation, we basically cleanse our souls and remove any type of barriers or burdens. So when you when you walk out and your soul is clean, then the Holy Spirit doesn't find the impediment so it can work much more effectively within our souls. And as you mentioned earlier, Adam, God wants us to be healed mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, but more importantly, spiritually, because he's calling us back home. And we have we also have that ability to to receive our Lord each, you know, each day or each Sunday in, in the Eucharist. So he enters us as the divine physician and, and we can and communicate more effectively with him when the Holy Spirit's working within us. So I think that's such an important point, Brian, because, you know, especially as we think about uh, the role grace plays in all of this, if we are out of that state of grace, we have really just decided ourselves to cut ourselves off from God. Now, in his generosity and in his love, he's still going to keep offering that actual grace to try and bring us back to the sacrament to get back into that state of grace. But once we're back in that state of grace, you know, the effect that his grace can have— there's no math equation in the world I could use to make an example of how exponentially our ability to receive grows. And so I, I love hearing about that. But then the question, you know, I, I think our listeners would have, well, give us an overview because I, I'm, I'm wounded. You know, I do have some pain that I'm carrying around. And sometimes, like we said, it's a physical pain. Sometimes it's emotional, sometimes spiritual, sometimes it's a combination of all of those. If they come to the healing ministry what can they expect? What are you going to invite them to do, and, and what does that look like? The sacrament of reconciliation is the first step, obviously, like we talked about. And the reason being is because the healing ministry, you know, we want to heal the way Jesus instructed us to heal. What Jesus did first was said, your sins are forgiven. So they can expect uh, the sacrament of reconciliation. We will say the rosary before the service starts. And then you're invited up to be prayed over by the prayer team and 
we will ask you, is there something in particular that you'd like us to pray for? You know, it's in my own intention or, you know, we're not pressing it. It's just we want to be able to direct our prayers to a certain area for you. And then it's the Holy Spirit show. Like Brian said, we are just conduit for the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. You just have to be open and willing to receive the Spirit. You know, going to what Pete just said, Adam, you have to be open. Most of us, you know, like I mentioned earlier, that I had a very stiff neck and even a hard heart. Well, you know, Jesus would go in, forgive the sins, and he performed the miracles. We'd soften people's hearts, so then they were able and open to receive additional healing. And then more importantly, he's able to teach them because they would listen in a much more effective way when you saw someone who was paralyzed or blind be healed. But you know, as you mentioned, we have people who are wounded spiritually, they're wounded physically, they're wounded emotionally and mentally, and the Holy Spirit wants to heal us just a matter of how we are open to that. And, you know, it can be incremental. It doesn't, you know, it may not all happen today. It could happen, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months out as well. Yeah, the, the thing to remember, Jesus does not want us to be sick. Jesus does not want us to be emotionally unstable. He never went to a healthy person and said, be sick. He only went and healed. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of any time in the gospel where he would have said that. I, you're, you know, that's one of those things I think we forget, and it, it seems so silly to be saying that. But how often do we walk around and we see it in our culture? And this is nothing new that people say, "Oh, you're suffering that because you know you did something that upset God, or you did something that offended Him, or you know He just doesn't like you, or whatnot." And we resign ourselves to be miserable, saying, "Well, I." I I guess I'll never be happy or I'll never be this because God doesn't like me. And that's the complete opposite of his love for us. He wants us to be well. He wants us to be healed. He wants us, as you uh, said earlier, Brian, to have that reset to what he created us to be, what it was before original sin. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Adam, one of the the key issues is in my discernment, especially in the last several weeks, is that God wants us to unite our free will with his divine will. And that's how our first part of healing starts. And if we could imagine the God of the entire universe desires to have a relationship with you and I, and all we have to do is say yes and unite our free will, then any, any type of healing that he allows to happen with our body should be much more satisfying because we're helping to remove the barriers. We're not filling it up with stuff. We're not filling it up with unforgiveness. And, you know, one of the things I was, I was on vacation last week, I was doing a lot of praying, is just about surrendering to his will. And that's helped me a lot, you know, in the last 10 days to, to understand what he wants me to do uh, for him. So a lot of that has to do with uh, uniting our free will to his divine will. So I love uh, the prayer, Lord, if, if you can just take what I've got right now and do something with it, then I offer it to you. And it doesn't have to be any deeper than that. And especially when it comes to suffering and ailments and healing. Um, I know for me, every time I go to the dentist, I walk, and I have a, a great Catholic dentist, and I say, Doc, you ready to get some souls out of purgatory? Let's let's use the suffering you're about to inflict to do some good here. But, you know, even on those days as I get older and, um, you know, not due to any specific malady, but just the, the fact of getting older and slowing down, to say, Lord, all right, that, that back pain I woke up with today, I'm going to offer it to you. And if you can do, if you can use it for some purpose, then I will do my best not to gripe, not to complain, and offer you that back pain. Um, you know, one of the beautiful things about our faith, too, are the, the stories we hear and the, the witness we have. And I, I love it because I, I remember my first exposure to the charismatic movement. I was a 
young boy, probably about 10, 12 years old, and my grandma was involved in RCIA at her parish, and we went to a charismatic mass, and then there, there was a prayer service afterwards, and it was it was quite the experience. But, you know, just seeing that part of the church, and then over time, over the last few decades, seeing the, the different aspects of our traditions, and especially when it comes to healing, and I, I think of the good work done through the Charismatic Renewal Center here in St. Louis, um, there's no shortage of stories of, of what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. And I love to share some of those stories. And, and I was wondering if we could share one of those now. You know, we've talked about how you've seen the Holy Spirit working, but what have you seen? What's the fruit of this ministry now that you've been involved with it for the last, uh, you know, 10 to 15 years? Well, there's a couple things we could share. Uh, we have a, On my third trip to, to Magigoria, we were climbing Cross Mountain, and there was a lady that was with us, and she was having a difficult time uh, climbing the rocks. And, you know, Corporal Act of Mercy, there were a couple of young men there helping her up. And then one of the individuals that we were traveling with bent down and, and prayed over her knee. And at that point in time, you know, she said that, you know, this person's hands heated up, and it was like they were 150 degrees. And from that point on, uh, she never had an issue with her knee till this day. And we didn't even know what happened. It's just we were were talking a, a couple of weeks later, and she just informed us that, you know, since that moment on Cross Mountain in Magigoria, uh, she you know had not had any more pain in the knee, and, and it, it's been great for her ever since. There was another incident that so we were actually at the prayer service in, in St. James, and, and a lady was came by and said to me, she said, I've been healed. And I said, um, I didn't know you were sick. She goes, I'll share with you tomorrow. So she had a hole in her heart and that she was supposed to have surgery on Friday. And on Tuesday, she was prayed with with the prayer team out there. And when she went back to see her doctor before her uh, visit, um, he said, I must have misdiagnosed you. You no longer have a hole in your heart. So I mean, it wasn't a hole in your heart. Excuse me. It was a leaky valve. But she was healed. So those are kind of cut testimonies that I, people have shared with me. Oh, obviously, when 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 Father Mark would be there, they would people would call him and let him know the kinds of healings they've had. Uh, they're very specific. Um, a gentleman that I used to work with uh, came up from the Cape Girardeau area, and he was prayed with over the team. He had Crohn's disease, and he was informed by his doctor that he, he no longer had Crohn's disease. So these are just times of fruits for the spirit where people have had you know the physical healings, but. I want to emphasize, Adam, the most important healing we can have is a spiritual healing. And we have to, you know, physic we all want physical healing, but God wants us to be, draw closer to him from our spiritual standpoint. So I know for my own personal benefit, if I'm in union with God spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, any physical sufferings I have are much easier to bear and much easier to offer up to the holy souls in purgatory. So there's, there's just that four part of healing that, you know, your audience needs to be aware of that are very important. So, and, and you know, that's one of those things. I, I, I'm, I'm really glad we keep coming back to that, because how often do we get angry? And, and I don't know if this has ever been your experience, but perhaps you know whether you're suffering from an ailment or you've had surgery. And I, I remember about a year ago, just shy of a year ago, I had developed an abscess on my leg and it was incredibly painful and I had to go and have it drained. And just all these factors uh, about what it was, where it was, what they had to do to treat it, um, 
the stitches involved afterwards, it was an incredibly unpleasant experience. And I remember saying to my wife, I'm having a really hard time right now because I'm in so much pain and all these other things that were going on in life that I thought I was able to keep a handle on that, okay, I can deal with this and I can deal with this. And I, I finally said, you know, I feel like someone's taken a bunch of little weights. I was thinking of if you've ever been fishing, those those little weights that we put on the, the end of the lure just to hold things down. And, you know, each one by itself isn't much, but there were so many of them that now I couldn't carry it. And it was one of those moments that day in prayer that I was just pretty raw with the Lord and saying, why? You know, in, in the midst of everything I'm trying to do for you, Lord, why are you giving me these crosses? Why are you trying to do this? Why are you trying to do that? And uh, luckily, having a loving wife who said, well, you're on the right track. You need to get things squared away with God, um, because otherwise what you're going through physically is going to be unbearable. Um, that can be a really tough thing, especially if we're angry and we don't want to let go of that anger. Sometimes I, I, I worry that it's easier to stay angry at God or at others than it is to say, okay, the healing process might be unpleasant. You know, like having an infected area incised is not a pleasant thing, but it's a necessary thing for healing. And how often do we say, I'd rather hold on to that anger and not have to go through that that healing process? Well, anger is the biggest barrier for any type of healing. It also can cause a lot of physical sicknesses if we're unwilling to forgive or to hang on to grudges or whatever it may cause us to be physically ill. And, you know, sometimes Jesus allows us to be in pain to draw us closer to him, whether it's, you know, I've had a back surgery, I've had a neck surgery, I've had surgeries on my face, but um, there's different forms of, of suffering that happens. And, you know, with that great suffering can come some spiritual gifts that will allow us to, to benefit the, the body of Christ. Well, for our listeners who would like to know more and would, you know, perhaps like to come pray with you, which I think is the most important thing is to say you're invited to come pray. If you're looking for healing, let, let's start with prayer. Where can they go for more information and when can they come pray? As far as the website goes, I'm not sure we have one operational right now, but on the second Tuesday of every month, we have a prayer service that starts at 630 at uh, St. James in Catawissa. So we'll start with uh, the adoration, the rosary, and then the team. We invite people up to be prayed over or prayed with. So that's the second Tuesday of every month. And it's on St. James's website out of Catawissa. So. All right. We'll be sure to pull that up and have that for you at the end of the show today. And until then, until that second Tuesday, what would you say to someone who's saying, all right, I am going to come. I'm going to be there. How can they start preparing now? How can they start praying and getting ready to come and just offer their suffering over to the Lord? Lord, let me unite my free will with your divine will. Give me the grace and understanding to see people the way you see them versus the way that I choose to see them. Help me be nestled between your mother's most immaculate heart and your most sacred heart. And show me what you want me to do for you today. That's beautiful. I absolutely love it. Well, Brian Corrigan, Pete Origliasso, uh, thank you so much for spending the time with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. I, I know it's... Uh, it's one of those things we've been working hard to make this happen, to get you on the show and to get our schedules to align. But I, I'm so glad you've been patient with us as we've worked through all of that. Um, it's an important, important thing. And it's one we're going to be talking about more in the coming months here on Roadmap to Heaven, the importance of healing and addressing our woundedness. So we're going to take a break here on the show, but don't go anywhere. There's more Roadmap to Heaven after this. A prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mystical Rose, 
Make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the Sovereign Pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your most holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. I remember the first time that I tried to do some training and I had a good friend pulling me along the way. And and I, I literally mean pulling, like grabbing me by the sleeve and saying, come on, don't stop here. If nothing else, we have to make it back to your house. Um, you can't just like sleep on the sidewalk overnight. Um, but those encouragements along the way, like see that stop sign up ahead. We're going to, we're going to jog until we get to that stop sign. You can get to that stop sign. You can get to that point. And I remember last year in speaking with the missionaries, there were moments like that where they said, okay, I'm just going to focus on what's straight ahead on the road. I'm going to get to that point. And then when I get to that point, I'm going to get to the next point and kind of break it up into manageable pieces. What are some of the things you go over in training with the missionaries to say, all right, when these moments come, when you're, you're making this sacrifice of your body, because you want to talk about leg day and feeling the burn cycling this much, it really, it takes it to a new level. How do you help them prepare to offer that for the church and, and for spiritual good? Oh, good question. So for anybody who might be thinking um, about joining our mission, any young adults who are interested, if you are in any way interested in writing, I hope you can hear me when I say, God will equip the called because we have had plenty of people who are legitimate cyclists join us. And, um, you know, they, they come to us with this incredible physical base and they do a great job. And then the majority of us come with much less experience and put in the time and follow our training program. And regardless of if you come as a legit cyclist or not, you have those moments where you're like, I can't, I can't do this for six days in a row. You know, getting up day three is usually the the big hump that they say like the hardest because it's not just your legs that hurt, right? Your entire body, your hands, your, you know, your rear end, like, and they say that legit cyclists rarely seat their themselves fully in the saddle. And that's um, different for them on the ride because they have to slow down. Honestly, some of them are used to riding much faster, believe it or not. So whatever part of body is hurting you, you realize I can't do this anymore. And the, the goal really is to offer that up to our Lord, to bless that and to pedal for you. And you will get to that moment where you're, you're like, all right, all right, Lord, Jesus, take the pedals. I need you to do this because I can't. And what we talk about with our missionaries in formation as we prepare them for that, that vulnerability is we need you to be vulnerable with your team. And that's why support crew, really where support crew comes in, because they're watching the riders, they're making sure they stay hydrated, they're making sure they're being smart, and there is a safety net of a support vehicle, absolutely. Um, So like you said, you had to get back to your house, right? Like, you know, if our riders need to hop in the car and the support vehicle, that's, that's okay. But what we want them to be thinking about are those specific stories we got of these women who are considering abortion right now, you know, these anonymous prayer requests of, of a, a 15 year old pregnant mother who's in a domestic violence situation. Like these are real stories across the country where our culture would say you should have an abortion because you're too young, because it was in a crisis situation that you got pregnant and you don't need that. And we want to share the truth that you don't respond to a crisis with adding another crisis, adding another violent act on that woman. That's not the answer. So we want to 
have these real stories in our minds and you're constantly praying as you're pedaling and you're thinking, I'm asking her to see hope, to see the beauty of the life inside of her and to know that there's a community that's going to say, how can I help you? And that's what our support crew do for our riders. How can I help you? You can do this. Remember your why. Is it your sibling that passed away when they were younger? Is it someone you know who was personally affected by abortion? Um, is it you know your mom who got pregnant unexpectedly and gave you up for adoption? Everybody comes to us with a why, and it's in those moments that they need to really reflect on that to stay on the bike and to do this for, for that why and for these women. See, Nikki, you just gave us a great lesson that we all can apply, whether we're going to be on a bike for 600 miles with biking for babies or if we're just going through life. I mean, I know you're a mom uh, and, and you've got kids. You know this. Any parent knows this. Part of being a parent involves suffering. It's those mornings where you get woken up at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning, I don't feel well, or there's a, there's a monster in my room, and it's like, oh, I don't want to be awake right now, but I'm, I'm dad. I have to be awake right now. Um, but w- everyone in life has a cross to carry. And, and I love that you challenge the biking missionaries to unite that to their intention that, you know, in this case, they're praying for those moms in those crisis pregnancies. They're praying for those moms who are facing the choice of abortion and they're praying for those babies. And that's, you know, that's universally applicable to all of us. We can have an intention. We can unite our suffering to that intention. We can unite our pain. We can unite our trial to an intention. And it's such a great life lesson for us. Mm, it's so true. Yeah. Well, here's the big question for the folks that are saying, all right, I'm fired up. I think I can do this. I love to ride my bike. I ride it all the time. I knock out 100 miles every weekend or whatever it may be. Where can they go for more information on how to become a missionary and to fill out that application? And for everybody else, I'll, I'll let you in on a little spoiler here. This is the same place you can go if you'd just like to learn more about biking for babies and share that information with some friends. Absolutely. So for our young adults interested in learning more about being a missionary, head to bikingforbabies.com. It's bikingforbabies.com slash join. We've got a lot of information on there. You can even download a discernment guide that we've helped make so that you can ask the Lord, what is it that he wills for you this year? How does he want you to grow in virtue? What crazy adventure is he going to send you on? Uh, And we absolutely invite you to pray about joining Biking for Babies because it is quite the adventure. Um, And you can reach out to us as well on that website. And then everybody else, you can head there too, learn more about the missionary opportunity. Um, But there's lots of other pages on our website. And then upcoming, um, Adam mentioned the celebration of life. It's in July. So you can plug, put it on your calendar, July 13th, if you're in St. Louis uh, or even Arlington area, uh, same day. And we'd love to see you out in support of our missionaries. Yeah. And you'll be riding. It's beautiful how this summer is timed. There's the Eucharistic pilgrimage going across our country as part of the Eucharistic Mm -hmm. revival. There's biking for babies and then the Congress. And uh, Nikki and her team have put the puzzle pieces together to make sure that there's not really much overlap between the Congress and biking for babies. So you can you can do both if you're saying I, I, Eucharistic revival, biking for babies. It's not either or. It's both and here. Um, Nikki, before we wrap up, you said something really important, and that's discernment and that there's a discernment guide for the missionaries. And I wonder if you could share why that is, because this isn't an automatic, you know, click here, fill out the form. You're signed up. Bring your bicycle. We'll see you on this day. It's an application. You're asking the people filling out the application to do some discernment. You're going to do some discernment with your team on whether or not, you know, is this the right person to be a missionary? 
Why is that? Why is discernment so important for something like this? It's so important because we need to have a conversation with God in in all the things that we do and the many ways we participate. And maybe some of your listeners are a little uh, numb or paralyzed, but the, the amount of opportunities, the the many places you can go to learn how to be pro-life, to share uh, your pro-life beliefs. And it's really important to ask God where he's calling you to put your gifts at the service of life. So we very much lean into that here and want to be praying with you and for you as you discern. Applications are due March 1st so that we can get that missionary program started. And we really began as a ride to help these mothers in crisis. And, you know, it was a fun ride for these guys, crazy founders of ours who love, love, loved biking and we really learned the responsibility we have in transforming our missionaries as well. So that's where the the formation program comes in. So your discernment is, yes, am I going to say yes to this adventure of cycling across the country or being a support crew missionary across the country, seeing the country on a bicycle this summer? But what you're also saying yes to is uh, inviting God to Fill the spaces in your heart that are not fully convicted or fully confident about how to live out your pro-life faith. And um, we would love to have you. Biking for Babies, 15th year. It's going to be a great year. And I look forward to uh, all of the missionaries converging here in St. Louis on the, the St. Louis route. For more information, as Nikki said, you can go to bikingforbabies.com, and it's bikingforbabies.com, and learn all about it. Nikki, it's always a joy to speak with you on Roadmap to Heaven. Thanks for being with us today. Mm, Same. Back at you, Adam. Thanks so much. A prayer to St. Joseph. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God, I choose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee to receive me as thy client, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. It's Tuesday, and it's time for our Daily Dose of Encouragement, where we are talking about tithing this week. And you might be saying, well, how is that encouraging? Well, just, well, wait a moment here because Patty's going to encourage you. And Patty, what's our encouragement today? Well, yesterday I talked about tithing and what it literally means. It means a tenth, and it's the practice of giving a tenth of your annual income to God, helping to build up his kingdom, 5% to your parish, 5% to other charitable organizations that literally do bring God to the world. So the rest of the week, I'm going to just share some true stories. This is living proof that God honors our leap of faith, our generosity, and our trust in his provision. And he is so good that he lavishes us in unexpected ways. So these are what I call tithing miracles in our family. So this first miracle that I want to share 
was for us during our children's teenage years. These were tight years for us, as I said yesterday, for us financially because of Catholic high school tuition. It just was. Life was so busy commuting to schools that for us were 35 minutes away and then figuring out how to get everyone to their activities was quite complicated. And if you've had three teenagers or more in your family, you know it's just a very, very busy, hectic time. So we needed a third car. We just did. We needed John, our oldest, to be able to drive carpool and drive home from activities. But we could not afford a third car. That was out of the question. Friends from church actually gave us their daughter's old car. It was a Dodge Shadow, and it needed repairs. But that car was given to us for free, and our kids drove it for at least five years. Now, if that weren't enough, when our third child entered the driving years, we were in the same position. We needed another car. God lavished us not once with a free car, but twice My aunt happened to be moving up east. She had a car that had sat in her garage for years and had been told by the dealer that it needed $3,500 worth of work. She told Larry, if he could just take it away, we could have it for free. Here's the great part of the story. Our friend, who was a mechanic, looked at it and told us, you know what? I think it only needs this one part. The cost of the part, $65. That car was an infinity with leather seats, a sunroof, climate control. It was a luxury car, and we got it for free. Not once did God lavish us with a car, but twice. Now I ask you, who gets two cars given to them when they need them for their kids? We did. This was a particular need, and God totally surprised us. For us, it was living proof that he was honoring our tithe. That's all I can say, and we still can't get over it. That's a pretty amazing story and a great encouragement for us to trust when we make our tithe. We have a few announcements to share with you this morning. You've heard the reminders probably on our airwaves, but you haven't heard them on our show yet. And I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that this Coming Friday is the first Friday of February, and Saturday is the first Saturday. So we have our devotions to the Sacred Heart on Friday and our devotions to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on Saturday. So on Friday, go to Mass, receive Holy Communion in a state of grace. So if you need to go to confession, make arrangements, go to confession before Friday or on Friday. But before you go to Mass, receive Holy Communion and then pray in reparation for sins against the Sacred Heart and in honor of the Sacred Heart. Pray in honor of the Sacred Heart. Be on the first Friday reparation team with us. On Saturday, it's very similar. The Blessed Mother in her apparitions at Fatima asked the children to share with us to make this first Saturday devotion on five consecutive first Saturdays to go to Mass, go to confession, go to Mass, receive our Lord in Holy Communion, pray the rosary, and meditate for 15 minutes upon the mysteries of the rosary. Now, you can go to confession Friday before you go to Mass on Friday, and it counts for Saturday, unless you go out and commit a grave sin afterwards, then you would need to go to confession again, but you don't have to go two days in a row um, unless you need to, right? I love this reminder from the Blessed Mother. It gets us on that interval of making a good confession once a month at a minimum, right? Now, on Friday, if you're in the downtown St. Louis area, they have First Friday devotions at the Old Cathedral right there under the arch. They have adoration before Mass. They have confessions before Mass, I believe starting at 1130, followed by 1205 Mass. 
Um, so you can make your first Friday devotions there. What better way to do an act of reparation than by spending just some quality time in prayer with our Lord? And then the Sodality of the Sacred Heart in St. Louis also has their Friday evening events as well. And you can just search online for Sodality of the Sacred Heart, and you will find that there. Retrovi is having a St. Louis weekend for those who are, you know, maybe feeling like things are a little rough in your marriage. Uh, could use some work. Go to helpourmarriage.org for more information on this Retrovise St. Louis weekend, March 15th through 17th. And then, uh, you know, coming up sooner than we know it, Catholic Men for Christ on February 17th, and then Catholic Women for Christ on March 9th. Two wonderful conferences for men and women, respectively. And you can find more information on both of those by going to either catholicmenforchrist.org or catholicwomenforchrist.org. And ladies, there is still the early bird discount going on through February 10th, where you can register for $30 instead of the normal cost of 40. The cost for both conferences is normally $40. That includes lunch, parking, and the full day conference. So be sure to check those out. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it has been great to be with you here on Roadmap to Heaven. For those of you listening on the radio this morning live, we encourage you to check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you get your podcasts or by visiting ourcatholicradio.org. There's more to a lot of the conversations we have, including the conversation we had with Brian Corrigan and Pete Origliasso today. You can find that on the podcast. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today. <laughs>